Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. It is that time. Once again, Tuesday, 2.30. Awesome.com PGA show. Houston Open. It is the Houston Open. We're ready to go. We're on tap. One week before the Masters. I'm Ben Raza here with Fantasy Golf Man. Tim Frank. Uh, well... We uh like I said, one one last week, Tim. What do you say? You ready for one more before we get to Augusta? I guess so. I mean, I was really a fan of the Bermuda Championship, though. I'm not Don't gonna lie. It's a, a great, great event. Um we get a new course this week that we get to break down. So that's uh, that's always exciting. We got away from I don't know. They played it at the same place for like 20 years in a row, but they called it different things throughout the Houston, even the course changed names, even though it was the same course. So, um, but yeah, well, you know, whatever tune up for the masters, you know, I think everybody's looking forward to next week, but uh, you know, after Bermuda, this is a pretty good field. I was really surprised. And obviously we're going to get into that Memorial park and whatnot, but I was stunned about the field. I do want to go back. I don't want to, but I guess we have to, to Bermuda just slightly. I caught a tough pill to swallow with Pat Perez. That really hurt me. Um, <laughs> it was just painful. But uh, did you, did you, I mean, I can't say did you check shot tracker. Did you watch any of it in the two hour window that we had? I did not. I did not watch any, but I was, I was following very closely on the non shot tracker. Uh, PGA Tour website. Uh, yeah, Pat wounded. Perez. I mean, I, he just didn't know he was going to make the cut, right? That no, was he the left only, the island. That is. That was the only explanation. Was he doesn't know the projected cut line like any better than the announcers do? Um, like, dude, just look at data golf. Like all the sharp people do. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. It was really frustrating. I'm not going to lie, but you know what? We saw. Honestly, the theme, I think the one takeaway is time and time again, we look for these first time winners. We look for these young guns. Oh, this is a weak tournament. They're going to break through Stuart sink, Brian. It's former winners that we probably thought would never win again. Just adding to their resume rather than doc Redman and and co breaking through. Yeah. I mean, winning is hard on the PGA tour and you know, that's not something that we like quantify, but it is. I mean, it's difficult. I think coming down the stretch on Sunday when it's close, I mean, we've seen kind of time and time again, the old Grizzly veterans that have won. I mean, Brian Gay's won a lot on tour. I mean, he won Harbortown by 10 strokes 
Um, he, he's not, this was a long time ago. He's had a long career, but same thing with Stuart Sink. He's won a lot of tournaments. I mean, yeah, he's been dusty for a long time, but I mean, we saw Davis Love win the Wyndham. I mean, it happens. These guys, especially when it's in a, a weaker field, um, you know, the guys that have been there before kind of know how to get it done. So, yeah, I mean, as weird as it sounds, like to win tournaments, you almost have to win other to- Like the the advantage you have down the stretch if you have won, uh, it seems immense. It really does. Like to, to win that first one is difficult. Again, weak fields, we're going to see that. We don't really have that here, though. I mean, we can turn the page. Bermuda was, we're leaving that island. We're going to Houston. Um, it's more guys than than I thought would tune up for Augusta here. What do you make of seeing some of the bigger names in the field? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends. It differs from player to player on, like, what their process is, if they like playing the week before a major um, you know, we have DJ here. I think we had strong fields in the two Vegas events, but DJ didn't play any of those. So I think, you know, he needed a tune-up. We haven't seen him. Um, and I just think it depends. I mean, I don't know. Some guys maybe like playing the week before a major. Some guys don't. Um, but, you know, it's it's definitely a good field uh, this week. Um, you know, I, I don't put too much into the fact where it's like, oh, I don't know, this guy's only worried about winning majors. I mean, I just treat this as another event. I don't think people, I don't think players are necessarily looking forward to the Masters. Um, you know, Dustin Johnson, Tony Fino, Brooks Koepka, they, they want to win this event, in my opinion. So I, I don't really get into that. Oh, well, some guys are more focused on the Masters than this. Mm-hmm. What do you make? So let's talk about the course. Par 72 at I'd say this is a rarity. It is, but we just saw it five par fives. Again, this is what we saw at Sherwood or whatever that place was called for the, the Zozo out in California. What, what do you make of this course that they'll be playing for, for Houston? Yeah. 7,400 yard par 72 Bermuda greens. Like you said, five par fives, five par threes. I mean, I think just the fact looking at the fact that there's five par fives, it's 7,400 yards. It, I think the advantage is going to be with the guys that can hit it a little farther. Um, you know, you read some of the notes, um, the course designer want, you know, try to set it up for it to be like a technical course, a tricky course, doesn't want to reward distance, but honestly, no course designer is ever going to come out and say, yeah, I just designed this course where you just whale it off the tee and you hit it anywhere. I mean, that's, you know, every course designer is going to say, yeah, you know, you have to, you know, thinking man's course, you have to do this, you have to do that. Um, but honestly, five par fives, 7,400 yards. You know, I, I think the advantage is going to be with the longer hitters, but you know, it remains to be seen. We've never seen this course before. And in that case, you know, I'm always going to just kind of play it down the middle. I'm not going to try and get too, uh, you know, two from one side or the other, or draw too many inferences from a course we just haven't seen before. I was a little surprised. So a lot of times with Houston, they try to emulate what they may see, but this is correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm virtually certain this is Bermuda. Um, what yeah. players will be facing up and down, which is a little different out in Texas, but is there anything to this course that you saw? Like from what I, I saw, there was some renovations. They pulled a lot of bunkers. It seems pretty straightforward as you mentioned. Yeah. I mean, there was nothing that I saw that I, that I was going to, you know, lead me to change my process or really focus on one type of player, but you know, that's just not something I normally do anyway. I, I, I try not to go out of my way to find, you know, 
weird stats or weird things that, that I want to focus on. It's like, you know, let's just, let's just pick the best golfers and go from there. That's, that's what we do on the show. We pick <laughs> the best golfers and then we complain when they miss the cut, but we're going to do this once again, chat. As I always say, it's good to see everybody. A couple people from, I did a football show and I see the same people sticking with us. I appreciate that. Uh, making it a good election day. Awesome. O day jam packed with shows. All right, let's get into it. So you mentioned DJ, we have not seen him post COVID. Obviously he's good to go. He's 11, five, uh, only guy North of 11. Then we've got Finau Brooks, Ty Hatton and Decky. So you've got five guys, 10 K or more, some big hitters, couple of them. I mean, I'm not stunned to see Brooks here, to be honest, seems like he's the type of guy that wants to work some things out. What do you make of it? And then obviously the toughest question, where do you think DJ's at? Yeah, I mean, really, honestly, for me, the only question with DJ is the fact that we haven't seen him uh, since the U.S. Open. So it's been five weeks. But prior to that, I mean, he was playing amazing. T12 or better in his last six starts. T6 or better in his last five starts. uh, Gained nine strokes ball striking in three of his last four starts. So he was playing great. Um, So, I mean, I like him this week. I, you know, I like weeks where there's really only one elite player. You know, we don't have JT, we don't have Rory, we don't have Rom, we don't have Xander. Um, so for me, it's like, you can kind of take a stance one way or another. You don't need to go all in on DJ, but, you know, you can decide kind of how much over or under the field you want to be when there's one elite player. When there's four or five guys, for me, that that's a difficult. But I do like him, and a lot of it's also based on, I just don't like the other guys at the top. I've never been a fan of Finau at an expensive price. We've said time and time again, where he pays off is at a lower price at a really strong field, like a major. It just seems a 10, nine. I can't recall him paying that price tag off very often. Brooks, uh, you know, I don't like him a little rusty and Hatton's been playing great, but I'm just not ready to kind of throw him um, into the mix with these other guys. So for me, it's either DJ at the top, or just kind of go like a balanced roster build with 9K guys. Do you feel the same about what you said about Finau? I feel like it's somewhat applicable to Decky. Uh, do, you, do you see that in the same regard? Just Yeah, I mean, with Decky, it's like if he's priced at a point where a T22 is going to be good, then you play him. If he's priced at a point where a T22 is not going to be good, then you don't play him. But Yeah, it's... I will say that I think, and, and listen, this helps DJ too, but Finau getting, as Chad pointed out, what should be 20, he's going to get 10 par fives. He should get 20 par fives when it's all said and done. Uh, I do think that helps. Not a good Bermuda putter. He's consistently good. I mean, we know he's going to gain T to green. It's all about what you're talking about. DJ is always up there. No matter what the field, they, there's a ceiling on pricing and DJ is towards that ceiling every time. With a field like this, they need ne- next man up to fill in. That's Tony Finau. Like, Tony Finau is not an 11K golfer usually. He's usually like 9K, but there's a vacuum because there's not those other big names to fill in that next range. Yeah, and you know, and this isn't the, you know, the Bermuda Championship where it's like he's far and away the best option. <laughs> I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of good players here. It's one thing if he was the most expensive player in a really bad field, um, yeah, I, I, you know, Fino's played great. I just, this is just, hasn't been the spot historically um, where he's excelled. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, you know, full disclosure, I like him a lot more than you do. 
Uh, I don't mind it. I think I'm a little more concerned about where DJ's at. Uh, ownership will play a big factor. If he's wildly popular, I'd probably come in under. If he's in line with the rest of them, it's hard not to like DJ. We've seen this. He is one of the best guys at just getting it done at that time. You know, St. Jude's come to mind. There's been a couple of times where it's like, wow, DJ's far and away the best player here. And he just goes out and wins the tournament going away. He has that gear. But let's keep it going a little. Uh, Chat just brought up perfect timing, Victor Hovland. 9,800. He kicks off the 9K range where we've got about, you know, seven, eight guys, some young guns, Hovland, Scheffler, Sunjay. And then we got the veterans and Scott, Sergio and Day. Henley is just there as well. Do you feel, it seems like the answer to this is yes. Do you feel comfortable starting with some of these guys if you want to go balanced? I do. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of guys I like in this range. And it was the first three names that you named Hovland, Scheffler, Sungjay, um, you know, Hovland, he's been really good. I know he was T47 the last time out, but the ball striking is getting at least 3.4 in his last four starts. T47, T12, T13, T14 um, can score with the best of them. Uh, Scheffler, I like a lot. Um, came back from COVID, slow out of the gates, as you might expect. I mean, he was he was phenomenal in the run-up to the U.S. Open. Uh had to take some time off due to COVID wasn't good. Uh, but last time out T 17, the ball striking was really good Gained t- uh, 6.8. He's a Texas guy, went to university of Texas, born in Dallas. I like him. And, and Sungjae, I don't, he's one of my favorite plays on the board. The, the finishes haven't been great, but he's back to just consistently gaining strokes with the ball striking uh, week after week after week. Um, his last six events uh, have, have positive ball striking plus 3.1 and five of the last six. And it's really been the putter and he traditionally hasn't been a bad putter. The last two seasons um, he was 55th in strokes game putting and 39th in strokes game putting. So he's a decent putter this year, 155th. I think um, consistent ball striking. If the putter turns around a little bit, I like him, but I like all three of those guys. I think M is my favorite though. M is interesting. You mentioned it. He's a guy and he's young, but he seems balanced. He's not someone that is in the elite ball striker, can't putt. If he ever putts, watch out because he's going to win. He's a very, like, he, he doesn't have a leak around the green. You mentioned his putting is more than sustainable. It's been bad lately. He's a Bermuda guy, though. I think that can help as well. Uh, he lost 4.8 at, at the Zoizo out in at California. This could be, I mean, it is his preferred surface. I think that's a good spot. He should be popular. No problem with Scheffler. Hovland to me is more of the, I think a little more erratic can tear apart the par fives. His putter though, unlike Sanjay to me is a weak link. It's not good. I worry about how, if how low this goes. Yeah, it's, he's been hit or miss. I just like the scoring potential out of him. I, I prefer Sungjae like straight up. If it was, you know, jam one of these guys into your lineup, I think Sungjae He's cheaper, and I think he's more consistent and honestly more likely to win as well, which, you know, you don't see very often. But I do like Hovland. I like the ball striking. I love the scoring out of him. But we do have to, even though if you look at this range quickly, I think this is the guy most people would say is out of place. But then if you look at the statistics, you could argue this is the maybe the hottest iron player in the world. Uh, and that's not an exaggeration. 
He has gained in 10 straight. And when I say gained, it's not a stroke or two. It's five, six, seven, eight strokes with the irons. It's Russell Henley, who has just been unbelievable. He gets to Bermuda. I know he seems overpriced, but what's not to like, honestly? Yeah, I mean, he's been great. And I mean, I've been a Henley guy. Like I, you, you are a Henley guy. I've tried, I tried to catch it. And it was like a rocket ship going up. And I thought, you know, there was a point where we were going to, we were going to catch a win at a, a really good price, you know, and now he's 9,400. He's, you know, short odds in the betting market, but I mean, there's nothing not to like. I just think traditionally, even though he's won three times on tour, um, I'm just not sure like the overall pedigree is in the same class as some of these other guys, even though they're young, um, boy, 9,400 just jammed in with all these really great young guns to me seems a little bit overpriced, but I mean, he's playing great. No doubt about it. It's been, I mean, at, at the Zoizo, he lost 5.3 strokes putting and he came in fourth. Uh, he has just been putting on a clinic. I totally agree that he's just not as good as these other guys. The thing that's kind of intoxicating about him though, is, you know, better than anyone. Russell Henley can get crazy hot with the putter. Like he is live to gain a ton on the green. In addition to gaining a ton with the irons. I know. And I feel like we've been waiting on this putting performance for like a year and a half and we just haven't gotten it yet. Like when you look at Henley's wins, he's won the huge, you know, the shell Houston open back. He gained 12 and a half strokes putting that week. He won at Sony. He gained 12 strokes putting. Like he does that. Yeah. Uh, so keep that in mind. I think he's interesting in that regard. Certainly behind the guys that you talked about. I do want to quickly just talk about the, the, the veterans of the group. They haven't been doing much. Day is always hurt. Sergio is a great driver of the ball. He can't putt. What do you make of those three? Or are you just skipping them? I think I'm just skipping them. I mean, between Hovland, Scheffler, Im, I that's a lot of guys to like in this range. And I mean, Adam Scott, I just, I'm not really sure like what's going on when he's played it. It just hasn't been, it hasn't been awful, but it hasn't been good. And I don't, I don't think the price is all that good to be honest with you. 9,200 for a guy who we haven't seen much of him. And when we have, it just has been very mad. Um, in, in I don't know, Sergio, <laughs> I, I don't know what to make of him. You know, he had the win, but then uh, outside of that, it's been, like you said, good iron or good off the tee play awful putting um i'm gonna stick to the young guys in this range it, it just all three of them i a perfect comment from chad i 100 agree with jordan here i don't know if those guys can get to minus 25 like they're just built for can they grind it out they avoid blow up holes this is going to be a, a wild score and i i think if it's easy conditions give me Scheffler and those guys who don't mind going out and shooting 63, 63, 63, 63. Uh, that's just the style I think you need here. Yeah. You know, it's a lot like, you know, when you see Paul Casey in an event like yeah. this or something, it's like, yeah, Paul Casey's a great golfer, but this is just maybe probably not the format for him. And you could put Sergio and Adam Scott in that same bucket. 8K range. But before we get there, I do want to say real quick chat, as always, it's good to have everyone. It's good to see the likes coming in. We want to keep that going. But if you haven't, and I, I thought everyone did this, but apparently not. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, you should go ahead and do that. Click the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. You'll get updates when all our shows go live. And we have so much content from PGA to NFL to college football to MMA, all sorts of things. Uh, we want to just keep you guys informed. It helps us and it'll help you. So definitely do that. 
we'll get inside the ropes later. I'll, I'll give you a spiel about why you want to come in for Masters Week, but that's step one. I I know I have a blind spot, but man, Lanto's eighty nine hundred. What in the world? Uh, he kicks off the eight K range. We've got Doc Redman, Corey Connors, Spieth is there. I, I mean, we'll start in the upper eights. It, are we paying too much for a guy like Lanto when you could just play Doc Redman? Um, well, I'm just going to say, and I don't want Pat to get mad at me from last week. who said, I didn't like a lot of guys. I hate this range. <laughs> I might not play one guy in the AK range at all, but that's not because I, I like other guys in other places, but this is a really an awful range. Um, for me, at least. I mean, I, I would default to doc Redman just because I've, I think he's got a lot of upside. He's a little boomer bust. I've been on him forever. A good young golfer. We've seen him three top four finishes in his last six starts. Um, but 8,800, it's, you know, it's not cheap. Um, but outside of that, I don't know, like Brian Harmon's playing good, but I don't know, 8,500 for him in this event seems like a stretch. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. What do you got? Do you have anything better than me here? Uh, I, I, I like Doc, but the guy that I'm interested in, I bet him. It's, and I have a free betting article that's posted on the site. You can go check that out. I bet Corey Connors to win this tournament, 60 to one. Uh, he gained in all four categories at the Zoizo. I think par five scoring right up his alley. Yeah, he's going to have to make some putts. I do worry, can he go that low? But, but you know, Tita Green game is always good. And he's starting to find some form. He had a rough stretch there, but he was 17th at Sanderson Farms, eighth at the Zoizo. He's won in Texas. That was his lone win was at Valero. I know it's a little different course, but still. I, I don't I don't think people are really talking about him, and I, I feel very comfortable that he plays well this week. I'm always a Corey Connors. Yeah, fan. I know it's not hard to I sell. Mean, you yet. don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to talk talk me into him. I just I look at those ball striking numbers, and I'm just like I'm in. It doesn't matter. It's just he's he's one of the best in the world off the tee on approach. So I, I like that. What can you? No. Talk to me about James Hahn. I mean, oh, where okay. where is where where did you think I was going? I, I thought you were going to ask about speed. Oh God, no, no, I don't, I don't, why is he priced up? I thought he was going to be like 6,700. I'm not joking. (laughs) Why would anybody, he, yeah, don't, I mean, Spieth once again at the Zoizo lost. He's a Texan. So maybe that's, he's getting a local knowledge. Six and a half strokes Tita Green at the Zoizo. Okay. You want to talk about James Hahn? I want to, I can't figure this one out. I thought he would be like a good cheap guy to play, but AK, I don't think I can get there. Uh, no. So the problem with James Hahn, I don't know. And there are certain golfers like this. His recent form is fantastic. It's on fire. He is so volatile. Like when he, the time to play James Hahn is when he comes in and he's got no form whatsoever. Cause he can pop out of nowhere. I just don't love paying a premium for recent form that I'm not sure makes him more likely to play well for me i'd rather go to if you want to go heavy off the tee you go to cam davis he gets five par fives uh, i'm not saying i'm in love with that play but i would have him ahead of han i'm not gonna lie yeah i agree and I, I like han just because i like the fact that he can win out of nowhere yeah but like you said it's almost it, it, this isn't out of nowhere though. this is not out of nowhere yes um i, I want to ask you so i got two other guys and then we can you know move to the sevens any love for siwoo i mean he's playing pretty good he is um, i i don't mind him he's had some good ball striking performances recently he's not 
I, I, he's shown some consistency. It was kind of the same reason why I was into Usti a few starts ago. It's like when these really volatile guys start to show um, some consistency with the ball striking, some made cuts, um, it doesn't have to be a lot. And, he, and I mean, even with him, you know, he gained 7.6 with the ball striking at CJ Cup. Gained 4.5, and we're going back. Gained 4.4 at the Northern Trust, 9.7 at Wyndham, 6.3 at the PGA. I mean, these are all in his last eight starts. He's striking it very, very well. Um, so I don't mind him, but uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I'll be playing him this week. I'm kind of indifferent to the play. Ownership will probably determine my fate with him. I think I would rather get up to Redmond and Corey Connors right now. Uh, it's just a better range, even to a lesser extent, Cam Davis. $200 cheaper. <laughs> what do you make? I, I can't believe I have to ask this. I'm certainly not going to play him, but you can't argue with this form. Stewart sink again, another top five at Bermuda. Do you chase that? I mean, I thought I never imagined him winning and now I he's, he's playing great golf. I have to give him credit. No, I okay. can't get there. So he is fourth in Bermuda. That's true. He lost 12 strokes ball striking at Shriners. Also true. <laughs> It was like, and then, you know, Sanderson Farms. I, I, I don't know. No, I, there's no way I'm getting to Stewart sink. Okay. I, I, I think it's a little, little chasey. I'm not going to lie. I, I, he's priced up. I think his value has been. There's no way. I mean, it's just, I, yeah. First of all, I think the thing you have to realize, I'm, I know you realize this, but <laughs> Bermuda was an awful field, right? Awful. And it was, and it was a great course, as you saw with Brian Gay winning. It was a great course for these old guys. Um, so, yeah, I mean, is he playing well for Stuart Sink? Yes. But, I mean, this is a completely different animal. Much stronger field, much different course. Now he's priced up. I mean, it's just – it's no no way for me. One of the bigger – I don't want to say leaks, but one of the things I think people don't do enough with PGA in particular is conceptualize recent form. Like sometimes they go from a par 70, like say they play Harbortown and then they play Quail Hollow. It's like, oh, this guy's playing great. He won Harbortown. Well, if he goes to Quail Hollow, he would be like the single worst play probably ever. Uh, You you have to make sure that the tracks line up with the recent form. It's nice to see a guy play good, but this is going to test a whole different skill set than what we saw at Bermuda, where first of all, it was also like tornado conditions. Uh, It was a different type of golf there. I'm not really seeing that, but keep that in mind. 7K, man, this is hilarious. To start the 7K range, we've got Denny McCarthy and Grio. Uh, I couldn't think of two more different golfers in every aspect of the game. Imagine if they played like scramble. some weird scramble yeah. where, where Grio just played off the tee and on approach and Denny putted. I mean, they'd probably shoot like 53 or something. Yeah, they'd be actually unstoppable. Um <laughs> So we've got options. If you want a best putter in the world, you can go to Denny McCarthy. If you just want the best golfer in the world, you can go to Grio. So you have options. Uh, we got we Westwood. We've got Norin, HV3 off a bad miscut that I don't worry about. Gooch, Wyndham Clark nearly won EVR. Uh, some big names here, some, you know, some Europeans in the mix. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What do you do with the mid-range? Um, I don't love West, but have you seen what he's done? He's made nine cuts in a row on the European Tour. and that yeah, included, He's been playing well over there. That, that included the U.S. Open. I don't know if I like him or not um but i just thought Can he that go was, low i just thought that was interesting um That's my only question with him you know can he go low no he probably cannot go low i i don't mind see i did not like harold varner at all last week he missed the cut we know he's a volatile guy so we can't overreact to one missed cut i think this is a great spot for him he's gonna have look at his his recent results there's recent stati- statistics ball striking whatever it's all over the board right so we can't overreact and say oh we can't play Varner this week because he missed the cut last week that's just what he does uh now the price is down the course fit is better the ownership's going to be down I I think you just kind of buy into that volatility and I don't mind going right back to Varner this week so a couple notes about Varner one is and Nightbot is on top of it if you guys haven't checked out Odd Shopper, you definitely should you can find the best betting lines across all the sports books we have a tracker we have player plops, ton of great stuff, the matchup page. I went there, and I was writing on my betting article. I bet Varner against Spieth this week. And you know what the line was? It should be Varner minus, like, 140. Yeah, it was, it was minus 118. And to me, that is a nice spot for Varner. Last week was not a good course for him. I, if he would have made that cut, just made that cut, I genuinely believe he'd be 8,500 here. And yeah. I don't think there's any difference into where his game is at. Good splits, par fives, everything that I want, 7,800. I have no problem, quote unquote, buying low. I don't even view it as buying low. I'm on, he was 13th at Shriners, 29th at Safeway, and 7th at Wyndham right before Bermuda. So I feel good about him. What do you make about your boy, Wyndham Clark? <sighs> if I would have just played Wyndham Clark, I mean, I know a lot of people can say this. I just played <laughs> Wyndham Clark over wesley bryan yeah you're that guy 97 DraftKings points difference between those two yeah and I, had, I, I had everything else i had all the other guys all the you other had ollie guys. had ollie had gim had doc had zalatoris had all those other guys Ugh. did you have brian gay no uh, you didn't need brian did you need brian i don't even know if you needed no, brian i didn't even know he was in the tournament Nobody had i was brian. like oh wow brian gay won i didn't i just didn't know he was playing so um no, but see, okay, so Wyndham Clark to me is on the other end of Varner. It's like he is a volatile dude in his own right. So it's like he, I don't know, maybe I'm overanalyzing this, but I feel like you have to kind of like know where to buy in and get out with these guys. And to me, you don't buy into Wyndham Clark the week after he almost won. It's like he's a volatile dude. You're not going to know where the good performances win and where they're going to come. So you kind of have to use ownership and price as a gauge of when to buy and when to sell. And so, no, for him, it's a no, because I think people are going to go there because they're going to see what he did last week. And that's why, just to circle back a little, that's why I'm a little underwhelmed with James Hahn in this spot. Because to me, he's the same type of player. Like, yes, he's playing well. I I don't know if that's when you jump on. Uh, On the other side, what do you make of this guy? It's very hard to gauge where guys are priced who come over, I think. Where do you view EVR? Like, is he a 7K golfer in this field? Is he a 9K golfer in this field? I don't know how good he is, and that makes it very tough to gauge if he's over or underpriced. 
Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I, I think he's definitely – it seems like he's a better golfer than a guy like Taylor Gooch, Wyndham Clark, et cetera. We've seen him contend and play well in really strong fields. He's a little inconsistent, and maybe that's why you're getting a decent price on him. But I think his upside uh, is there in this field, so I don't mind him. I really – really like Sam Burns this week. I've been a long time Sam Burns guy. And this goes back, I I really feel like it's all part, we're we're kind of talking the same thing with a lot of these guys. But you go back a few weeks, Sam Burns and Doc Redman at, I think it was Punta Cana, were like right there. They were both like, I don't know, 10K, 10.5. And it's like, you know, one guy has a good week. One guy maybe has a bad week. and, And a couple little things go wrong. You know, he was T28 Punta Cana, or maybe it was Sanderson Farms. I don't know. He missed the cut at Sanderson Farms, and then he comes to Shriners, and he was T34. But, I mean, he had been very, very good. Um, prior to all those starts, he gained at least six strokes ball striking in three of five. Um, I, I just think this is a good course fit for him. I think it's a guy I've been, you know, on long term. And I think 7500 is a great price, especially when you consider Redmond at 88 and just a few weeks ago you know, they were neck and neck at virtually the same price. Yeah. And he's the, he's an LSU guy. So split should help. We've talked extensively about Sam Burns on Bermuda in particular. Like he's one of the few guys I think that really does matter. So now looking down the range, a couple other guys, and then we can get to the lower sevens. Any love for Fratelli, Mackenzie Hughes, guys like that? Or is it, is it more who we already talked about? Yeah, I'm, I, don't, I don't think so. For me, I think Burns is definitely my favorite play in like the mid to upper seven range. I don't uh, like a lot of the other guys up here. I'd probably drop down a couple hundred dollars. I think the low sevens has a couple guys I like. Uh, Fertelli to me always is a little interesting. I don't love that he played great at Zoizo because he actually didn't play great. He gained 4.2 around the green, another stroke with the putter. He's always going to gain off the tee. He's a Texas, I mean, South African, but he went to Texas. So it's not the worst. I'm with you though. I think I'm going to go a little more like ball striking heavy rather than some of these guys. He can get nuclear hot. I give him that going down uh, post Phil. Phil is here. Good for him. You've got JT Poston, Hoffman wise, fresh off the cut. How bad was Stenson just was like 10 over and then he gave up. I Uh, I didn't even realize he was in this field. Wow. 7,400. Yeah. He's talk about virtually no one is going to play him. Virch. Okay. Boy, this is, uh, I got to think about this because I, I'm one of those guys. I'm, I'm a, a natural cynic. So I don't believe for a minute that his foot was injured. I think he oh. just played like crap and said, I'm out of here. Um, Pat Perez did that and made the cut. So <laughs> obviously Stenson's going to do it when he knows he's going to miss. Um, so boy, salty. I wish I wish we had stats from last week. I would have loved to look at the stats from round one because he played, I think he was two under in round one. He, he played fine in round one. That's interesting. I didn't even think about that. Um, I'll have to really do a deep dive on that. Uh, your boy, I can't believe your boy wise. That's That's got to be, he's got to be in your player pool this week. Oh yeah. I mean, the thing that's interesting, and I, again, I don't, we don't have the information from Bermuda, but I am pretty comfortable putting him and this doesn't really speak to this week, but I think he belongs in the bucket that you and me, and a lot of people talk about this of bombers who actually maybe excel at tracks where they're forced to club down like Lucas, Gary Woodland. He's been good at Bermuda two years in a row. Um, and I think it has something to do with that. And he won at Byron Nelson. 
he's shown he can do it at both. You know, he was second at Quail Hollow. I'm going to go to him just because I do think that he's a talent and he can score. But I, I also think that despite being long off the tee, he is someone that maybe actually benefits from some of these coastal type tracks like we saw last week. Yeah, sometimes you don't know what's best for you. You need somebody to like take the physically Seriously. like take the driver away from you. Do you go to so now we got a couple interesting names. You are a big, big Sneds guy. You always say he has win equity. I don't think this is a Sneds course per se, though. Uh do you look to him? Do you look to more bombers like Ventura? And then Scott Piercy, I also want takes on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think this is a sned spot. I mean, look, if you said it, you wanted to play a little bit of him in, in MME, you know, I'll say what I always say. Yeah. If he's playing great, he's got a way more win equity than anybody in this price range, but I'm with you. I don't think this is the spot for him. Piercy just seems mispriced to me. I was shocked when I saw that he was 7,200. So I don't know if he's going to be like the highest owned guy on the slate. Um, but it just literally jumped off the page. He was T14 at Bermuda last week. Um, and he was fairly expensive last week. 8,500. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I didn't play him because I thought he might have been a little bit overpriced. Um, but that's coming off the heels of a T19 where he gained 8.3 with the ball striking and a T57 where he gained 3.8 with the ball striking. So he had good ball striking, great ball striking. And then we don't know what he did last week, but he was T14 in Bermuda. So he's playing great. He's a guy I always like. I, I don't know. I mean, you could put him ahead of James Hahn, and I wouldn't bat an eye. You could make him 83. Three. Yeah, I was going to say 84. I went up to like Cam Davis and then yeah. Shane Lowry. Yeah, you could put him right there, and I would not have batted an eye. This yeah, I probably would have liked him. <laughs> I He makes sense to me on a lot of levels. And, you know, just to recap that sevens, like we talked about, you know, we've got Burns flyers like Fratelli in that mid range go, you know, Varner for me, Piercy seems just as stable and safer than those guys. And you're getting a discount in price. So there's a lot to like there. So to round out the range, we still have some names. This is very interesting. So Knox played well last week. I don't think this is a Knox course. You have Keegan who we don't know if he can make enough putts. Adam Shank never misses a cut. Uh, it's pretty impressive what he's doing. I do think it's somewhat noisy, but 26th again last week at Bermuda. What do you do with them? Or do you just go back to Ollie? Okay. So I got, I got strong take on Ollie. Like, and this is just not last. I'm not the victory lapping, but last week was the week <laughs> to play Ollie, right? I mean, not so. I wish was, I did. He was 6,200 in an awful field. The course fit was perfect. Okay, so he, and he played great. That's good. He paid us off. Not really in in Sklansky bucks because we had Wes Bryan. Um, so much Sklansky bucks. <laughs> but now it's like okay, the price is up. The field is stronger. The course fit is worse. The ownership's going to be. I mean, he was four percent on last week. He's going to be at least double that. And I, I think in PGA DFS, I think this is just one of the things that you have to figure out i mean more expensive in a stronger field worse course fit higher ownership that no way not playing him and, and look he's a young talented guy so yes i realize that he could very well he could play well again this week i would not be surprised but i think just for all those other reasons i can't play him this week do you have a take on ventura he went out with sue on saturday morning and he <laughs> screwed up the last hole and missed on the number I think this is a much better course for him, but he slowed down a little bit. He hasn't been nearly as effective as late. 
Yeah, I mean, back-to-back missed cuts. I don't think I – I just haven't been on him a lot for the – at all. You know, people have liked him. I haven't really played much of him, and he's played well. And now I, I don't think I'm going to get in coming off back-to-back missed cuts. Last couple guys, and then we'll get to the cheapies. We'll give some takes, and we'll get on out of here. I do want to say, chat, I, special shout-out. We had a couple guys uh, do some damage. John Jefferson, I saw that team – monster team took down some good cash uh with Kramer Hickok who I was glad to see play well he was the only redeeming thing about last week Luke List is flat seven Sepp Straka is flat seven Tyler Duncan is flat seven any of these guys do anything for you or are they just names for for you that maybe you get to just in large field tournaments um, you know, Duncan, the ball striking has been good. Plus 6.7 at Zoizo plus almost two at Shriners plus 5.1 at the U S open. I don't mind him. Um, boy, Austin cook is interesting to me. I just don't look. Oh my God. I just don't know. I, you know, he finished second at the Shriners and the, the ball striking has kind of been all over the place. He's been really inconsistent. And I, kind of like that but I just don't know coming off the second um but we've seen him he's like strikes a great miscut miscut strikes a great he's kind of all over the board like a poor man's hv3 or something that kind of caught my eye um so no I don't know I think Carlos Ortiz I think it's 6700 um played both of the Vegas events and struck it great the, the finishes weren't good t35 t48 but the ball striking was good uh gained 5.2 at Zoizo Again, uh, 2.3 at the CJ Cup. He went to the University of North Texas, which is probably like 4,000 miles away in Texas. But we're going to say he's got a local angle because he went to college somewhere in that gigantic state. Yeah, it's, I don't know where, I'm not going to lie. I don't know where North Texas it is, but it could be, maybe it's by like Walbeck and all hell's breaking loose. Anyway, sure. that's not important. What is I'm going to end up getting punished and I don't even have to do this. This is the sick part, but I'm going to, I'm going to say things like the Kelly craft fish play of the week. And then this guy's going to go out and play well, but Bo Hostler to me, he's got the Texas connection. He's starting to string together, made cuts. I still don't believe we couldn't see what he did last week, but from strokes gain data that we could see, he still hasn't gained with the iron since January. And at a course like this, (laughs) I don't think that it's a great idea to go to him. I think people are going to see the string of made cuts and maybe do that. To me, Scott Stallings is in a much better spot. He is secretly playing well, and I think it's a much better fit. 6,900, 26 at Bermuda, 6th at Sanderson Farms, where he gained 9.4 T to green. Uh, Better course, in my opinion, for him. I'd rather go Stallings over Hostler. Yeah, I, I don't think Hostler's good. No, I just, he, I, he's not. I don't think he's good. <laughs> he's not. He's a wizard around the green. I give him that. And he's not like one of those guys where it's like he's bad, but he's randomly will come in like T8. It's, it's been a long time since I think we've seen. I got I to gotta figure out like when the last good performance is out of him. I, he has, I'll tell you this much, since, and I'm going way back, he has one top 10 since June of 2018. That's, That's like two and a half years. That's not good. Confirm not good. And it was a ninth. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Again, I'm not really there. Now, I try, chat. I try. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I try to take emotion out of this. 
Tim, I want to ask you, do you think you could play Pat Perez? <laughs> I mean, realistically, what are the, t- he's obviously not going to do that again. That would, that's, that's not going to happen. Well, I mean, it's not going to happen because I, you know, he just won't be in that position. Yeah, he, he'll know he's cut this time. So he'll just actually leave and be fine. Um, he was, what's his, what's his price at? He's 6,800. And obviously from what I could see, I watched, and I'm not going to make excuses because we just don't know. We don't have the full picture, but he, he was three under through four holes. He three putted from four feet to go four under on that front nine on Thursday. And then it all fell apart. He still grinded his way through and would have, he made the cut. He literally made it. And then he withdrew 6,800. I think this is a better course than last week. It's just everyone is so soured on him. Will he be like, you know, super low owned because of that? So you think this is a better course than last week? I was going to say, I thought maybe last week was a better course. Really? I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's some guys where I honestly, besides just thinking about the places that they've won at, like, I just can't like picture in my head, like what type of player, like I have to think about where they've done well. And that's about all I get. Just looking at Perez real quick. And listen, a lot of this is he's been around. Um, and yet, you know, you could, you could speak to it both ways. He's one at Mayakoba, but he's second at Wells Fargo. He's second at the farmers. He was fourth at the farmers, uh, fourth at API and Honda. So one thing I think that's important is Bermuda. That's going to help him. I don't mind it. If you really want to be aggressive, I think you go right back to Pat Perez. I don't know. I, I, I don't think so for me. Cause it's like two okay. missed cuts plus this weird withdrawal where he didn't know what the hell was going on. I don't know. Fair enough. Is oh god, just it's like every week I have to decide whether I think Will Gordon is good or not, and I don't like he's so cheap. Where is he? He's sixty four hundred. See, was, I, don't, I didn't even scroll. He was down thirty four with... last week. Um, boy, I don't know. I I feel like I I don't know what he was owned last week, but I feel like he's kind of people's default punt. Is that? Yes, I I agree with that. So there's a couple of problems with Will Gordon. The first, I would love to know what he actually did last week. Um, because yeah, he, he made that cut. And I think people are using that as momentum. It might not mean anything. It's still young from what we can gather. He looks like a really strong driver of the ball. Everything else seems average at best, but this is a really small sample size. I guess what you're trying to predict is long-term. Do you think this is a better fit or are courses like RSM and Bermuda and those type of better fit for a guy like this? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Probably this, but it's like, it's really hard to make a a big determination off of not a ton of data. Um, you know, I, I don't even this, I don't necessarily love him, but I, I just think that people will default to him. I think if he's going to be at all popular, um, I would pivot to Robbie Shelton. Um, if we're going to oh, take boy. a guy that's... <laughs> kind of all over the board but a young guy still has amateur pedigree at least we've seen more out of Shelton it hasn't all been good but we've seen him do it at the PGA Tour level for longer um he played CJ Cup uh T21 gained 1.2 with the ball striking played the Shriners T34 plus 2.2 with the ball striking those aren't great numbers but I think for 6400 for an inconsistent guy he's played well the last two times out um I don't mind him. He's not going to be like a prime target for me though. Boy. Yeah, this is, it's a little tricky down here. You got a lot of guys. First of all, we could throw, don't play Molinari. I just saw his name. Um, 
a lot of guys who are, I just, I don't love the course. I don't think five par fives is good for them. I get, I'm going to throw out a flyer for you. And this is a guy, we had a string on this show legitimately every week. Someone would say, what do you think about Troy Merritt? And we'd be like, no, don't, don't play him. And then he'd come in third. Any interest in Troy Merritt? He hasn't done much. He's making a couple cuts in a row. Bermuda splits. Anything there? Or are you just unnecessary? No, I, I don't think it's necessary. I, I don't know. Just not the type of player that really gets me excited. I, I'm really trying to focus on more of the young guys with upside, a little more inconsistent and volatile. I, I just feel like you we know what we're going to get from Merritt, and it's probably not going to be great. I mean, even if he plays well. And I mean, I know Brian Day won, Stuart Sink won, but um, I just I just like the more volatile guys, kind of more better than the slow and steady like hope that we just get the T34 and be mm-hmm. done with it. So now I, I'm not going to be playing Merritt this week. I, I don't see a ton else down here. I mean, you've got guys like, I mean, there's names. Johnny Vegas is here. Keith Mitchell down here who he was racking up all sorts of points. And then he blew it last week. I, I just, I think it's a, and this is something certainly tomorrow night on the 830 live before lock with me and Jason Roslin will get into it's going to depend how much DJ I think you have. Cause if you have DJ in another, you know, DJ Scheffler, DJ Hovland type lineup, you probably need to find someone down here. If you don't Tim, and you start with like Hovland or something, you can end your lineups very comfortably with Scott Piercy and be just fine. Yeah. And I don't think that's a bad thing to do. You know, I mean, to me, it's just, there's certain weeks where I feel comfortable playing a cheap guy. Like there's a guy that I really like, you know, Um, there's just not that guy this week. And I think you have to kind of let that me, even if you don't want to, that has to kind of dictate some of your roster construction, whether there is that guy that punt where you're like, yeah, I feel really confident in this guy. And for me, it's just not there. Like once we get below Piercy, Sure, there are playable guys, but there's not anybody that I think like, yeah, let's we, let's get him in our lineup for sure. Like we got to make sure we get that guy in. Um, so for me, yeah, it's it's probably going to be a, a lot of balance type stuff because I just don't think there's the cheaper guys. I have a lot of confidence in this week. Last guy I got to ask you about, and I certainly didn't take him seriously last week, and he was he was solid. What about Patty Harrington? I mean, I have to give him credit. He is playing really well. He's playing good. But um, I think last week was a great spot for him. I mean, it was a good course for the old guys. As we said, the weather was like right up his alley. Um, He's just, he's so much better to thrive when the winner is looking to be 13 under and not 25 under. He, I I agree. Yeah. and no, Chad, it's not because just be, I shouldn't say just because it's good to see Wyndham Clark play well last week. I just think that an unrelated course is driving up his interest, his price. And I, I'm not overly sold that this is a bump up in course. Just to, it's not to say I'm staunchly opposed to him, but he's priced up with guys like EVR, Varner. Um, he's close to Grio and McCarthy. To, to me, Wyndham Clark doesn't really belong there consistently, at least. And I mean, and for me, it's like, if we don't know what the guy's going to do, would you rather have him at low ownership and low price or high ownership and high price? It's like, well, obviously we want low ownership, low price. We don't know what he's going to do. So yeah, that's fine that he played good last week, but that doesn't really, for him, seem to have a lot of bearing on what's going to happen this week. 
Yeah, that's that's where it gets a little difficult because there's a lot of decisions. And this is my final comments and we'll bounce on out of here. There's a lot of decisions that you're going to make and it's going to actually cause you to be wrong more often, but long-term it will make you more successful. Uh, playing guys, chasing guys, you may get that play right more often, but the ownership won't allow you to really cash in on it. Whereas if you're deviating and you're avoiding some of those guys, you may not get it right every time, but when you do, you will be set up to really take advantage. So uh, that's something to really consider when you're building these large field tournaments. Yeah, that's a great, great point. <laughs> that's what we have to give ourselves out because we recommend guys that are good once every two years on this show. So, and, and you know do. what? There's been a lot of talk around the industry about that, though. It's like it's not good, co- it's not great content to to recommend yeah. guys and say, yeah, like this guy's going to fail nine times out of ten, but the one time that he does, you're going to get paid off exponentially, like fifty x. Right? People don't want to listen to that, so mm-hmm. you end up everybody in the mortal locks DJ yeah. to make the cut minus two thousand. Right? It's like great, great, but you know, then you give those out, and then. You go to your Twitter and it's like sick hit last night. Great call. Good job. Keep up the work. So it's, <laughs> it's like, man, maybe, I, maybe I should just do it like that. But you know what, chat, I really do believe that if you can open yourself up to, to realizing, all right, I'm going to take some risks, ownership. And those are the tools. It's a perfect way to end it. Those are the things that Alex Baker d- developed on the site, the projections, the ownership, the leverage tools where you can identify here's some high, what Tim talks about. Here are some golfers that their recent form doesn't look good but they're volatile. Uh, their ceiling is top five-esque. Their missed cut is high, but if they don't miss the cut, they could really get going for you. So doing things like that can make all the difference. On that note, we're going to bounce on out of here. We certainly are going to have plenty of content for the Masters. We'd love to get you guys inside the ropes at Osmo Plus. We have packages. You want to just come in for the week. Go buy a weekly, very affordable. You'll get in, you get ownership projections all the premium articles and slack chat and then we hope that you'll stick around but we'd love to see you for masters good luck everyone at the houston open you'll find me tomorrow night 8 30 eastern at live before lock and i will see you guys then